You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. You're very welcome to the show tonight. I hope I find you well on this Wednesday evening. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell, is ex-Kerry footballer Darren O'Sullivan. Darren was born in London and while still in London, he began his underage football career with three Connell Gales. After moving to Kerry in the late 1990s, Darren immediately joined the local Glenbeglen Car Club, while he also lined out with the mid-Kerry divisional side. Later in 2005, O'Sullivan joined the Kerry Senior Football Panel. He was a member of the Kerry Inter-County team from 2005 until 2018. O'Sullivan captained Kerry to All-Ireland glory and lifted the Sam Maguire in 2009. Sit back and enjoy the show. Now, we had a great response to last week's programme with Lindsay Bennett. Lindsay herself would be anxious to ensure that her experience wouldn't put any other women off going for regular smear tests. Details of how to book a smear test are available on the HSE website and the HSE says what continues to be important for the women they care for in screening is that they receive their results on time and that they can be reassured that the laboratories being used meet quality assured standards. All right, Darren, thanks a million for, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. No bother. Delighted to be here. Um, I suppose we'll we'll bring it back to the... I suppose I with all my guests, I kind of bring it back to the very start. You were born over in England, I believe, were you? Yeah, I was in London till I was um, 12. And uh, when I came back, I think I, I had the option of going to Glenby National, National School or into the Carnegie for the last couple of months of the year with the intention of just settling in. So I did that. I went into the Carnegie um, instead of going to national school. So I suppose the, the plus side of that was I didn't have to do Irish, um, which was great at the time um, until I had to make a speech in Irish in 2009. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And uh, do you know what? It's something I, I always regretted after. Um, no, a lot of my friends did it obviously from when they started national school and they still can't speak it. So I probably wouldn't have been much good at it anyway, but it is something I would have, I would have liked to have done to be fair, the more I think about it now. You, um, did you like school when you were, when you were growing up or I know myself, I, I was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Like I, look, to be fair, I didn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't studious. I didn't have the concentration levels for it, to be honest. Um, I was a bit of a mess or innocent mess. And no, I was never in any trouble or anything like that. It was all silly stuff, talking and messing. And, you know, that old saying, boys will be boys, you know, kind of exactly. concentration level. But I like, I enjoyed the crack out of it. And, you know, even the five or 10 minutes between class classes, when you're supposed to be making your way to the next class, you'd always find some old bit of crack to have along the way. And through all the lads you'd meet, even now in the, having the bar restaurant, I had, um, I had a lad down recently. I hadn't seen him in 15 years, but we were in the same year in school. He came down, he came back from Kiel um, with his young lad for the communion. So it's just nice to be able to catch up with fellas and stuff like that. But uh, no, school, no, wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't bad at it, but like that, like everything, I think I can always remember the, the report cards, can do better, needs to uh, concentrate yeah. more. Yeah. Great potential, but he could do better. I was, yeah. there, I was the same, I suppose. I, I was a messer, but I never caused trouble. Do you know, it was all like yourself yeah. stuff. Innocent fun. 
mean, it's a fun. You have to, you've done that as well, Lord, aren't you, in life? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I think, especially, especially nowadays, you get a bit older, you know, the years do fly by and you realise, you know, if you're not enjoying it, even with work and everything else, everything does become serious and you get bogged down by the small things. And it's something I, like, I'm 36 now and I still haven't come to terms with that work-life sports balance um, to something you'll always have to work on, I think. And, you know, even making time for yourself there to do nothing, yeah. have a lazy day, a lazy evening, and meet up with friends, or sometimes it's just sit on your own and watch Netflix or watch anything on TV. So, um, so yeah, like, I do think people get bogged down with, especially it's the young lads now and young lads and girls, and the exams are coming up. And with the options that people have now, it's, it's, it's not all about exams and doing well because there's, yeah. there's so many different routes and career paths you can take and back doors and everything these days yeah yeah and like you see people even after they get their degree in a certain field and they might go into it for a year or two and go this isn't for me yeah. they go doing something totally different so um yeah it's important i think just kind of reinforcing that to people that it's not always clear cut it's not always black and white exactly um you before football was the main thing <laughs> Were you into other sports? I know you were with you good potential in soccer. You were with QPR for, was it two years or so? Yeah, I was there about two years. And uh, I suppose over in London, soccer was the main game. I did play Gaelic football over with a Donegal team, Tier Con of Gaelic, but soccer was my thing over and I loved it. Um, even in 98, a couple of months before the World Cup, I went to Paris playing soccer with uh, the District League. So they brought two teams over. And um, we played, we played against the likes of Leon and a couple of French teams. And um, it was a great experience. And to be honest, at that age, you know, you're making strides and you're doing well and you're progressing and you're thinking, this is the way it's going to be for me. I'll just keep working hard and keep going step, step by step. I honestly believe that's the way I was going to go. Was it one of your parents that kind of encouraged you to go into the football or was it just a... Um, no, I'd say it was a case of whenever I used to come back, like... We when we were living in London, we used to be home to Glen Bay every every midterm, summer, Easter, winter, long weekend. So when I was back, I used to play with the club here, and uh, a lot of the skills are very transferable. And I was fast, so it gave me a bit of a leg up. And I can't remember what the exact reason. Or I remember going down with a another buddy of mine over in London, uh, Liam Dwyer. His father was a dub. And we went down and um, I took to it like a duck to water. He didn't really take to it too much and he packed it in, but I loved it. And um, yeah, I'm still actually friendly with uh, the trainer from the team over in Tyrkon Gales and uh, with the family over there. So yeah, just like that, took to it, loved it, loved the physicality, I think, of it as well. Um, no, it took me a while to get out of the habit of actually putting the ball on the ground and trying to dribble it soccer style, but... No, just loved it. I, I played rugby over in England as well. Um, anything, any sport, athletics, I just, I'd watch, I would have watched um, anything as, as well at the time. So sport was always my thing. Do you ever regret um, not prolonging your soccer career as opposed to the transition over to football? Do you ever look back on it now or do you just think of the, the glory? No, there? yeah, no. No, I, I wouldn't. I'd never think, because like, to be honest, I'd probably at the time I was thinking, geez, a couple of years now I'll be in the premiership and I'll have all the sports cars and whatever else. But, you know, as you get older, you know, it's 
it's so cutthroat and it's so hard to make in that field. I don't look like, well, it's not that I don't, I know I wouldn't have made it in that field, but the only regret, I did have a meeting with Munster in 2006 and I was supposed to go playing rugby. And not that it's a regret because I love my career at Kerry, but there's always the what ifs as you're thinking, maybe yeah, right. should I, and I was actually more or less done deal and I was going signing with Dolphin in Cork just to, that'd be my club. And I think an interview went out more or less saying that I was taking a break from football, which wasn't my plan. It was a case of, can I juggle both in the off season of the GA and see how it goes? And I think an interview came. Kind of make a big spin out of it, don't they? Well, yeah, it was, well, I don't even know what it means. I think it was someone in Dolphin who got a bit carried away with themselves and maybe thought, oh, I'll do a few interviews here. And um, I was up in Cork in college at the time and I remember seeing it going, oh, geez, I don't want this kind of aggro at the moment and uh, I kind of pulled the plug in it but now not saying I would have made it with Munster or anything but there was there was things being put in place for me to give it a go um, so that's one of the I wouldn't say a regret but it's a what if and you always kind of wonder what would have happened if I had gone at it for a while then. hindsight yeah um, when you were coming into the football scene and stuff there was back where Glen Bay Glen Carr down around I suppose Lower Rangers and stuff. There was big, um, I suppose there was big, big names around that time on club and county. Was there anyone? I suppose like the likes of Mike Frank Russell and stuff. Was there anyone you looked up to that you tried kind of idolize when you were getting into GA? Um, I suppose the thing that got me, especially coming over and being young and really buying into the the Kerry tradition and learning about it was. I found it fascinating that Mike Frank Russell and the Hassets and John Sheehan were only in the town next door in Clarkland. That if I was over at school, I could see them walking up the street. Um, because I'd be seeing them on TV and like it took a bit of a while to transition to that's the way it is here. Yeah. Um, my parents had a nursing home in Glimbe, and Morris Fitzgerald used to call in to see um, one of the patients and sure like it was Morris but sure my jaw used to be hitting the ground um, so like I used to look and like I suppose I was repeating my leaving stuff when I joined the panel and I had um, I my leaving cert it went fine grand nothing special definitely nothing special but I'd concentrated more on the Kerry Miners and it was I'll go back and repeat the leaving cert next year there's no panic and I'll concentrate on that I'm overage for the school football and uh, sure I was brought in with the seniors then and the first training session was above the Carnegie had an AstroTurf pitch when there wasn't many of them around and we were training there before I'd say it was November maybe December I can't remember but uh, I took the day off school anyway and uh, to make sure I was fresh for training and I remember driving up the drive in my 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 old boy's jeep and the teachers were pulling me over going you weren't at school today and I was like oh geez, I wasn't feeling great today and they're like where are you going now I said oh I'm going to training for Kerry <laughs> but uh, I remember just going into the dressing room it was my PE dressing room and you had all the, the star names and them boys had just won the All-Ireland um, 2004. So you, the majority of them were there. The Shays, mine and all these legends. And I was just like, oh, I know there might be up here. But I stayed quiet and I just plowed on with it. Um, I know it must have been unreal. Like at a young age, being being amongst the shoulders of all them kind of big names and stuff. I suppose, did you was there a certain point that it clicked with you that you said, right, the GA is for me and I'm going to 
pursuing my goal to get into the green and gold jersey? Um, I suppose like I when I moved over, obviously I played a bit of soccer with um Kilargan and it, you know it became more about fun. You know, it's just a bit of crack, something different. And like I said, I kind of took to the GA. I, I, I was lucky enough that I, I was quite good early days. So I was getting picked for the mid Kerry team. And then I was being called up to Kerry South. And then you get to Kerry South under 16s. And I suppose I was always playing because Glenbury, we didn't have big numbers. And I suppose we weren't going great at the time. I was playing all the age groups. I remember when I was 16, I would have been playing minors and under 21s I remember playing Kerry South oh, under yeah. 16s and I was still I was playing for the mid Kerry minors and the mid Kerry the 21s in the same year and so there was no talk of burnout back then either and I think it's it hard to balance it you know what I don't I don't remember ever finding it hard um really? I, I didn't have much else going on only sports so it was a case of nine to four you were in school and then all the other hours were just like and like that because I was playing so many games. I don't I don't even remember training a whole pile because there was games and I was I was doing what I loved doing. And even the days that we didn't have a game, I was probably in the football pitch anyway because that was kind of where we hung out. Um, we're either kicking ball in the in the pitch in, in Glenbe or off the church gate. So um, no, I, I remember I was talking to because there's so many young lads at the moment. Obviously, with the, my own club and other clubs that are out injured, and I'm there going. How are, how are they all injured? Like, and they're right. like, oh, it's the load. And I'm there, you, you don't know nothing about load. Um, no, someone would say your career was hampered by injuries, but I went 10 years playing in the county without missing a game. And look, it caught me in the end, but I think that came down to knowledge of how to recuperate after injuries and stuff like that. Maybe a bit of... Um, Can you see a big difference between... Then and now, and their recovery and the likes of ice bats and all, it must have, and even strength and conditioning and stuff. Have you seen? Yeah, ah, uh, huge. Um, the knowledge that, like, I, I think, and you know, there's oftentimes people that would you go back, and I was like, no, no, I'm happy enough with what I've done or whatever. But I love if I was starting now, like, you've such a leg up. Um, it's just everything is there. Everything is there. The knowledge is there. Um. <clears throat> nutrition, strength and conditioning, recovery, even the the focus on balance. Um, I think it's a big thing, especially with the G, the Gaelic Players Association. It's it's great to have great players, but they want to have great people. Yeah, because your career can be short. And I suppose when I was there, I was all consumed. It was all about Kerry, and that was my thing. If Kerry's not number one, get out. You know, you know. You know, you have to focus all your energy on Kerry, but maybe it was a bit naive, maybe it was two tonal vision because there's there's a lot more going on. You need to get that balance because if you're happy, if you're happy outside of football, you'll carry it into your football. It's always easier, but it's important to focus on you as well. And even the professional side of things and the personal side of things and making time for yourself. And it's probably something that the early part of my career, I didn't even think about it. It was just about going from one trend to the next and making sure. And I suppose that was the case. I was young. Um, I was playing with all these legends. And I just wanted to impress whether that was Tuesday or Thursday or the weekend. Or when we did start doing the gym work, it was a case of, right, you're small, but make sure they know you're tough enough to be able to lift yeah. whatever. So I was always trying to not prove myself, but just keep pushing myself. But I think nowadays, I think if I went back now, 
just I do think it'll be easier in terms of not the load. You know, there is a lot of training and there's a lot of commitments. But in terms of your knowledge, and I think players are tougher now. They're able to say, no, I'm, I'm not able for today. I'm, I'm not feeling it or whatever. Whereas back then it was a case of if you're tired, you, you drive on, like, yeah. you just get on with it. So um, Sports psychology and stuff like in, um, in football these days. And, you know, the science like behind it, even, even technology and science all over in life. Like you see there, see the things on either side of my head. Yeah, like that's how I drive my chair. There's sensors, mm. and like it, the same goes for football. The scientific, it, it's down to to a T. Like, and it's it's only better. It's going to be going to be getting when um when you were called up to the the Kerry Miners, you were. I I remember hearing in an interview you had two years with them. Was that? Yeah, so you're more comfortable after being through the first year. Uh, well, my first year didn't go as I would have hoped. So, like, there was no one around the place. And I suppose there was an expectation that I'd get on, but I struggled to get on the squad. And I didn't get on the squad until the, the quarterfinal. And that was my first time on the squad. So, I didn't get on to any of the games before the Munster Championship and the Munster Final. Got on the 24, I think it was, for the quarterfinal against um, Mayo. And I came on for five minutes, did the whole pile, but came on and I was on the squad for the semi-final and I came on and we lost that. But the following year, I suppose, there was a bit of expectation that I was there the year before, but I'd been through all the hard stuff. You know, I got my, my feet under the table in terms of the training. The training was different level. Like, I remember my Goodyear minor, I don't think there was a training session where I didn't get sick. Go away. Like, yeah, I was, well, I was a demon for it anyway. I'm still the same. I hate the long running and stuff, but we had Sean Ganey from Dingle, who was brilliant and it was so professional, but the training was so hard. I can, you know, when you're not used to the high speed constantly, uh, any hard training, I was on my hands and knees at the end of training. Who were you under that that, that time, Darren? My first year was Pat Shea, and he was another tough taskmaster, but Sean Ganey from Dingle, he'd be Paul and Mikey's uncle. He was was the second year. Do you know, yeah. I, I remember when you were playing and everybody does, even on the commentary there, you'd hear Ambrose and Timmy, Darren O'Sullivan, he's on his bike running through. You were obviously known for having serious pace and stuff. Did you, did you, because I even see it with some of the lads, my friends are, they're very fast. Did you feel, um, yeah. I remember against Tyrone, did you feel targeted because you had so much pace? Yeah, I suppose, um, I definitely felt targeted after. I think there was seven or eight of them that got booked the same day for taking yeah. me down. And, but like, it gave me a confidence. I knew if I got the ball that I'd be able to outrun 99% of players. Um, even though I wasn't tall, I was physically quite strong. And I knew I'd be able to, I suppose, all the years I played with all the older age groups playing for Glenbay, I was, I was toughened from it. Um, I was always playing with lads two, three, four years older than me, so I was used to getting hit and just getting up. Um, That's good in a way, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, like I had no choice at the time but to learn. I think when you're young as well, you're trying to impress the older lads, so I get hit, maybe want to stay down and cry, but I just have to get up because I wouldn't want to give them the satisfaction of seeing me crying or hurt, so you just get up and you get on with it. And it, it, it built a resilience, it built a toughness, um, kind of doggedness that. You know, I was the small dog with the loud bark kind of thing, but um, 
Yeah, I think the Tyrone manager after the minor final came out, I had long blondy hair at the time as well. What was going through my head, I don't know, but <laughs> the hair, it was all in at the time, there was highlights in it and everything. But uh, I remember giving an interview and he was on about, oh, he was on about me and the long blonde hair and his face and we'd have to watch him and all this stuff. And they watched me, all right, they, um, like that, I suppose I wasn't used to that level of cynicism and that ruthlessness that they had. Um, but look, it, it's another lesson along the way. And I always feel that even though I'd love to have won a minor medal, sometimes losing, like everyone says, you, you, you learn a lot more from it. And at a young age, I definitely think it's important to lose because it, for me, it just it added a bit more motivation. You know, I wanted to get back to Co Park and I wanted to experience winning. And I was lucky enough to get back the following year with Kerry, play Tyrone again, but lose again. So, you know, I did, it, it built a toughness inside me, you know, that you can cope with defeat and setbacks. It's, um, and that, and even in sports, like when you do lose and stuff, that sends for you, for your life going forward, you know, in everyday life, learning how to lose and you're not going to get what you want every time. Um, yeah. Running onto the pitch that time for your, your, I suppose your debut, your first time playing in Crow Park, looking around, because I remember I played there with my club spa. We were it's under 14 or 16, and I remember thinking it was the, the best thing since after I spent. What was that feeling like going through? I suppose we'll say when you were with the seniors, I remember hearing that you, when you got called down, you, you were biting the inside of your lip because you you didn't want you knew the cameras to be on you you didn't want to be laughing yeah like I suppose with like I was I was 18 when I was in with Kerry and I think I, I just turned 19 a few months um, when the All-Ireland series started and the quarterfinal we were playing Mayo and I was told you know be ready you're going to be seeing action I was going well and we beat Mayo well and I didn't get brought on and I remember Jack sent me after like Bit of man management, he was our look. That game was won. I had to keep other fellas in the panel happy, you know, make sure training is good for next few. I said, Fine, grand. I was a child, I wasn't going to be arguing yeah. throwing the ties on the pram. Semi final came, we played Cork and we won that comfortably enough as well. And he told me beforehand, Be ready, you'll be coming on. And then it was a case of, Look, you know, that was one handy, there was no point wasting you in that game. We'll keep you in secret or whatever it was. And then the final, he was our. Be ready, you'll be coming on. And I think my response is, Oh, yeah, 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 come on. Just, and I, I was like, Oh, geez, I shouldn't have said that. But he was like, No, 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 you'll be coming on this game. So when he called me down, I just, like, I, it was weird. I didn't feel pressure. It was just excitement. It was, I was like a, a, a dog with a toy. Just give me the ball, leave me, leave me run. And I think I, I had this. That time, Darren. That was Tyrone in two, 2005 All Ireland final. So, like, like I had experience with Tyrone from the year before, and I just, I just looked at them. They were obviously big, strong, and I just went, "I'm faster than every one of these," and I was just like, "Give me the ball and leave me go at him." I was just excited. I just wanted the ball. I remember the first such a guy that was over by the queues extend, and I fumbled it kind of out in front of myself with the bit of the nerves kicked in. I was like, "Oh, I have the ball now," and I won a free or two, and uh, I remember I had. I had no long hair, but I had a bit of a spiky mohawk thing at the time. And we got a 45 and I walked in and the goalie, uh, Pascal Connell, looks down at me. He's about, he looked like he was about eight foot. And he looks down at me, he just starts laughing. 
And I'm like, what's he laughing at? And he squishes down my mohawk. You serious? Um, yeah, and I just look up at him. I won't say what I said, like, but he's just laughing at me as if say, like, you little twerk, go away. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't have any nerves um coming on. It was excitement, just maybe a bit of confidence too from the management and the fact that they're bringing you on all are fine when they're losing so they need you and I just I felt like this is I always felt that Crow Park was my pitch it suited me I felt comfortable there and like that it was a case of you're playing football for a reason to be in these games in these occasions in this stadium don't even pass you by like I'm not like you're not playing football for the the small let you have to play the small game, but it's to get to these points. And when you're there, you have to enjoy it and back yourself because you're there for a reason. You're there because you're good enough. And coming off the bench there for a while, like you were known as the the super sub. When you were so young, that must have kind of, I suppose, that played in your mind. But it must have felt like because obviously you were going to back yourself. Did you mm. kind of say in your own head, "I'm not a super sub like I am." I have a bigger role than that. Yeah, like it was one of them ones where, like I said, I, I, I don't have very few regrets about my career. There are times I think I could have done something different, but I played the role. I think if Kerry weren't as successful and we weren't doing what we were doing and I didn't feel valued, I may have gone up to Jack and said, hey, I'm not doing this. I'm playing well enough to be given my chance to start. He's um, running straight, Jack, is he? Like yeah, what, he's, what like I have a great... Great time for him. Um, get on, get on, grand with him. Do you know, get on well. Please straight. There's no, there's no bluffing. He will tell you straight out. And it was a case of you're doing a role. I felt appreciated by the manager. I felt appreciated by the team. And it was always kind of not put to me that we have a starting sixteen. That your your role coming off is as important as the boys that are starting. But it was kind of like the way the rugby was you had finishers and it wasn't a case of GA went down that route after, but that was always the way it was. And I think the fact that we were winning and the players that were on ahead of me, they were still heroes of mine. And how was I supposed to say, well, I should be on yeah. wing forward or Connor forward instead of this fellow when they were heroes of mine. So um, now as I got a bit older, you know, you'd say, well, I know you'd be a bit tougher, but I, I was never one for throwing the ties out of the pram or, I always found it disrespectful that if I was if I was given out about not starting, I was more or less saying one of my teammates who's putting themselves through the same stuff I am isn't good enough to start. Yeah. So I never wanted to rock the boat like that. No, there was times I probably should have done it. I know um it was funny under Pat Shea, we got we got well now and I enjoy Pat and I massive respect for him. He's a brilliant coach and I personally I get on well with him. I remember I wasn't a big fan of him when he was the manager because um, 2008 when Paul got suspended I just assumed your first sub on all the time Paul's going to be gone for a while you're going to get your chance I was more or less told look you're not going to be coming in there Boy. more or less no matter what you do and that that was the, that was the one time I think I was there going oh, F yeah. this you know what am I doing this for and I remember getting the hump a few times um, you know because the training after a match the starters will be doing nothing, playing a bit of soccer, messing around, and the subs would always have to go running. And I started going, oh, like I came on and changed the game, and now I'm being tortured here with the. That was the only thing that used to get me. But I remember 
the late 2008, I felt that was the one time I was ever going, no, this, I should be on this team now, whether I was doing the job coming off the bench or not, I should have been starting. Um, obviously, Jack came back in 09 and I got in there eventually to start, I suppose. I could see it from the manager's, management point of view is that we had somebody on the bench who could do, I always felt I could do something that nobody else in the panel could do coming off the bench. Yeah. So that gave me a sense of purpose, I suppose. Um, you mentioned Donine there moving on. Um, I suppose it's probably a toss up between one of the best, the best moments of your career. Um, the Donine All Ireland final. Did you? Um, you were captain that year, weren't you? Yeah. What was that like? That must have been a huge. Because I, did you? You were so young. Did you feel a a big amount of pressure, or did one of did the selectors or manager ring you and say, you know, it's it's not a big thing at such a young age. Or did you feel pressure? No, um, I suppose there was a sense of pressure because obviously I felt your captain also you should be on, like you have to be on. Yeah. But it was a case that Jack always said, if you want to talk in the dressing room, talk. But I never felt the need. Like we had so many leaders in that dressing room, legends. And it was a case of, if you want to talk, talk. But other than that, just concentrate on doing your thing. And the fact that, Look, there was myself, Dunica, Sean Sullivan, and Aidan O'Shea. Um, so we had four McCary lads on the panel. And the fact that he chose Milton Castleman actually nominated me as well, and Jack, because uh, Milton had won the McCary Championship. So the fact that they had kind of gone with me at 22. You them at that stage, did you? Yeah, like I was 20. I was, I was still a kid. Now I'd been around. I was going into my fifth season, but I was still a child, like... Um, so, like, that gave me a bit of confidence. And then, look, obviously, when you get further down the year, and always the expectation is with Kerry, because since I've been there five, six, seven, eight, we've been in our finals, so 2009 was never going to be any different in my head. We'd be in our, make sure you're on. And we weren't, we had a good league. We won the league. Uh, so we got to climb the steps for the league final, played well in the league. And then, of course, championship came around. I always found that you put so much into league, sometimes by June, May, June, I was actually hitting a bit of a lull. You used to get very tired, just physically, mentally, just draining. It always go through a couple of weeks where, whereas some of the older lads were able to, they had it, they were peaking at the right time. Whereas I was, Start I out. have to make, I have to make an impression every game. So everything was 100 miles an hour, Tuesday training, in the gym, Wednesday training. Whatever. I had to be top, top of the ground buzzing. And remember, it happened a lot, a lot of times. You'd go through a couple of weeks, maybe on the May, June time, where other fellas were more experienced and they were coming into their own. I was actually getting a bit of a, a lull. So we lost the Munster final and then the qualifier started and I lost my place, form, tiredness, whatever it was. And then we had the episode with Tomas and Cullum where they went for a few points and got dropped. And I came into the team against Antrim I did okay and kept my place after that. I remember played Dublin and I had three points got in the first half and we actually railroaded them. And then like that started obviously because they weren't going to change the team for the semi-final against Mead and they got 1-1 in the in that game. I actually scored a penalty, probably the worst penalty you'll ever see where I slipped and kicked it from my left foot off my right foot. And Lampard, so wasn't it? Yeah, it, um, John Terry, wouldn't he? John Terry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But my one went in, luckily, but I, I always remember I went back into Connor Ford and the cornerback had you just said, I think it was a good penalty. <laughs> um, but I remember going back to Clarny after that night, obviously, we're in the final 
and I thought I was getting picking a pat in the back. I got nothing but abuse because everybody had Gooch for first goal, and oh, he man. didn't take the penalty because his groin was at him. And like that, Jack had come up to me, and even the fact that he was asking me to take it gave me confidence. But of course, I said yes, thinking I will hardly get a penalty, and I don't think I'd even touched the ball before the penalty came. Oh, so, but I remember we won the semi final, and Jack had you just said to me, he "Goes, this is three weeks open final." don't be worrying about training and your place. You're going to be starting. And I just went... <sighs> Weight off your shoulders. Oh, huge. Because Donny had been injured as well. So, like, obviously, Kieran was a huge player. Yeah. Um, he'd always been... He'd a player of the year under his belt. He'd all stars. Um, he was a massive influence in the dressing room. Could put it in mind as well. But um, I was thinking, oh, the easy option now will be put him in and oh darn the impact stuff again and but no he told me three weeks out like don't be worrying about it you're going well you're going to be playing um so yeah that obviously helped but jack jack had a good way about him even though he's fairly straight maybe raw but he, he says it as it is he's type manager i i always enjoyed i was watching back stuff there the last day on youtube in the sigerson cup i think it was semi-final you brought out the little back to keep the ball oh, yeah. And in the, the game in Croker, you brought the, the back heel out to score. That was obviously a huge thing at the time. The whole the whole place was talking about it. Was that kind of yeah. last second reaction or what was it? And they're just instincts. Like if we were training, even though a lot of time when I go training, um probably doing more soccer flicks and tricks than I would be football, to be fair. I it was always I actually there was a stage with Kerry um and my warm-up actually involved dribbling the ball on the ground and doing little crife turns and just shimmying in and out. I just found it was good for my body. Um, change direction, just my coordination. I just enjoyed it. I actually prefer soccer warm-ups. I always found the GA warm-ups are mental intense. You do kilometres there, back and forth, sprinting it, whereas I needed something a bit slower, ease the body into it, and then just do a couple of explosions and I was good to go. Um, but yeah, the, the the one against in the Sigerson Cup, it actually went through James McCarthy's legs as well, legs, yeah. right, right, right on the sideline. So it was a big cheer for it. Um, and the goal, um, it was just a bad pass by Sheehan. He always says he meant it, but uh, it was just a bad pass by Sheehan, and it just it was an instinct, a reaction. And um, the only pity about it was there was hardly anyone in Crow Park, and nobody knew what happened. Go away. So everyone's looking up in the big screen to see it. And I wanted to see it. And I was trying not to look up in the big screen. And I, I think it was Galvin. Um, I think it was Galvin that came up to me. I think it was even right after the game. And he goes, oh, I wish I did that. <laughs> I just started laughing. Like, But um, yeah, look at like that. It was instinct. And that's, that's why I'd always say to people as well, that that's the joys of playing other sports growing up. You still... Carry them in six weeks. Yeah, even types of Danny with basketball and fellas, different sports. So, like that, I, I would have always had no problem putting the ball on the ground in a match because I would have tr- trusted I had the skill set to do something to give myself an extra yard or whatever. No, it's when it comes in. Um, yeah. what, would, what would be your favorite um, sporting moment? And before you say it, I, can, I think it's either going to be. The 09 final or when junior club with the, the club, would it be between the two of them or would there be other ones that you think? There's other ones, to be fair. Um, 2011 for me was probably my best year in terms of football. Um, standard of football, 
consistency. Um, and obviously, probably the lowest point in my career losing the All Ireland. Yeah. Um, that still to this day I find it hard to understand. We were just so good at finishing them games, but we didn't. Um, the goal Gooch got in that game, I set it up, and it's actually one of my favourite goals for Kerry, even though I didn't score it. Um, but later on that year, it was a, it was a roller coaster of a year actually. Um, I got selected to go on the international rules, but um, I had to decline it because me Kerry were in the county final against Crokes and uh, so I obviously stayed around and we got bait well by the Crokes um, and later that year then we won a me Kerry championship and it was the first in 36 years for the club and uh, still to this day like that's one of my favourite memories sporting memories and me Kerry championship for me is the most important competition I play with Glenbe above it's anything able to, to look back because club football means so much to people it's it's kind of where everything starts off then you get into the county and I suppose you kind of finish off your career back at the club as well like yeah like when I started with when I was in with the Glenbane seniors we were division five we were playing novice championship like I have a novice shield a novice championship a junior shield a junior championship and so we started at the bottom and then we went a number of years up in division one even the year Dr. Crokes won their all Ireland we beat them that year we were one of the only teams to beat him that year so like there are small things and like people outside of Kerry would talk to me about football and I'd always go my favourite competition is the Mid-Kerry Championship and they'd be like what's that and I'd prefer that over any intermediate or junior like the junior was great and obviously you get to go on but um, and it was special to go to Crow Park with all the club players and give them an opportunity to go to Crow Park Um, but no for me Mid-Kerry Championship so I think 2011 you know, we, we beat Low Rangers in the final. That and, was sweet uh, as well. Yeah, like we had lost the final in 2006 to them. It was five or six. And I mean, lost it. They hammered us. Go and I was young. I remember getting a dead leg very early in the game, intentionally as well. And I strapped it up and played away, but I was I was hobbling and I was like used to it. Pug bag in Liverpool. Yeah, only I stayed on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we lost it. And I remember... They, Bad as well, and they didn't take any any of the marquee names off. Like, and we were Division Five, as like I said, and it always stuck with me. And they actually haven't won it since. I hope they don't win until I after I retire anyway. But uh, yeah, like that beating a team like Long Rangers that still had the Mike Franks, the Hassett fellas who I respected and was lucky enough to play with and become friends with as well. So, like beating a team of the stature of Long Rangers obviously made it that a bit sweeter. Not like we had grown men on the pitch crying. You know, we had massive club players here in Glenbay, huge stalwarts of the club who never got to win a mid-carry championship. So I understood what it meant. I still think some of the younger lads, because they've come in since and they've won a couple of medals, they don't really realise. Yeah, whereas like I was going finishing up this year and one of the reasons I decided to come back, we obviously had injuries and shot players, but just the thought of being able to maybe win another mid-carry championship was why I came back people are about the intermediate and stuff and I was like oh it's a championship for me um, sacrifice as a county player because it's it's a huge huge commitment I suppose it's four or five nights a week training and meetings and all that have you I suppose I suppose most players have but do you know missing I suppose family occasions and maybe weddings or what be it anything like that that's obviously one side of it that's that's hard, is it? 
yeah, look, you obviously miss out on a lot of stuff, but I suppose it'll be a lot harder if you weren't successful. And we were yeah. very successful. And I was fortunate with the group that I was with. Obviously, they're all, they're all winners. And we always had a lot of common. But I got on with everyone. I don't I don't think there was any player that I played with I didn't get on with. Most of my closest friends off the field became the Kerry lads. Um, Kieran O'Leary's my probably my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. He's the godfather to my child. Cullum Gooch was my groomsman. Donny, I still talked on a regular basis. On Brazen, me, Kieran, Cullum, and Owen go on holidays. Well, not in a couple of years now because of COVID. But yeah. you know, Killian Young, Brian Sheehan, you know, like I'm definitely forgetting the fellas. Padre Greedy, who went from minors to seniors with. Um, do you know, I'm definitely I'm forgetting a rake of fellas now, but. They all became not my teammates, they're my mates. Yeah. So we were all going through the same things. Um, like that, David Moore and Tommy Walsh, Barry John. Like these fellas, I'm still texting them every more or less most days of the week. Now, obviously, I try to leave David alone these days, he'll really concentrate and win another all Ireland. But uh yeah, so like I didn't and like that, like I said, we were successful. So we were going on holidays at the end of the year all together. Yeah. So it was like every year you put in the effort together and we're going to get a big friendship holiday. Like, you know, so we'd all go and we saw the world. Um, no, so look, look, you, you miss out and stuff, all right. But, and sometimes you'd be there going, oh, I wish I could do this, wish I could do that. But no, nah, like what we got to experience, you, could, you couldn't replicate it or find it. You know, you, you just built friendship memories. Like I remember hearing someone saying, you never look back in our medals after you finish. Because I thought that's the time you do it. And I don't look them at all. I, memories. Um, yeah, memories. And it's not about matches. I couldn't tell you about most of the matches. Most of them are blurred into one. Very few of them. I'm, I'm a disaster like that. People forget about moments and matches. And I remember very few. Um, but it's normally the training session. Like there's, a, I always have this one really vivid memory. It was back in the days we used to go to Portugal and a training camp. And they used to be torture, but they used to be great crack and used to be brilliant. We were doing it was back when they tackle bags were a big thing for a while. And I always remember in a group, and it's quite serious. We're training away, and you come running out to the 21 and you pump your man with the tackle bag. And Tomas is holding the tackle bag, and Mark comes out and he just takes a sidestep away from him. And Mark <laughs> goes flying, and it was an early morning session, so the, the ground is. Um, really slippy and dewy like and uh Wake up he just goes, yeah he goes sliding and Mark gets up and he's just so thick and cranky but Tomas is bent over laughing and we're bent over our group are in knots laughing and it's it's silly things like that because it's amazing the dressing room when you're a county player because you're so serious in public and you're doing your proper job the messing that goes on and the crack and you know it's all them little silly things how um how has fatherhood changed you, you which um with your baby, it was it was just after you retired from county football mm. a few weeks beforehand, wasn't it? How yeah. how has that changed you? Because that's obviously that's obviously it, that goes above and beyond any any football, I presume. Yeah, oh, yeah, like she's she's three and a half now because uh and people are going, how oh, is she three and a half? Like, oh, we didn't see anyone for two years with COVID hardly, but uh. It definitely softens you. Like it definitely um, brings out a different side of you. Um, I would have been all described as a, a bit of a stone in terms of my emotions. Um, 
But yeah, like that, she's at a great age now where she's just great crack and just she funny. Is. I bought uh, she do, and everything's a race. So I think she's taken after me. She's <laughs> and she doesn't like to lose. Very good. Darren, come here. Thanks so much for for having on me. I really enjoyed that now. You're a, a, a so man and it's great to be able to look back on all the, the memories and stuff and best of luck with the future, whatever it whatever it holds. No water. No matter, Ian. I was delighted to come on. Thanks for asking me. All right. Look after yourself. All right. Thanks a million, Darren. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any suggestions, questions, or requests for next week's show, you can drop me a message on my Instagram, EnoConnell321, through my Twitter, EnoConnell00, or drop me an email on my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. Brian Priestley is up next with That's Jazz. I hope you're all having a great week. I'll be back at the same time next Wednesday night from 8 to 9pm. Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry.